we doing today? Good. Yeah. Good. Who's watching the Chucky TV series? Right. Who's waiting to binge the whole thing? I did until this weekend. Okay. I binged all six episodes in in like 24 hours. I advise against that. Everyone who's waiting to binge it, because everything's gonna get spoiled for you by then. Stay off my Instagram. If you're trying, right. if you're trying to binge things, we've held these secrets for too long, and now we're too excited about all of this. So we're just throwing them up there. Now that you're finally allowed to speak about it. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know. Exactly. So we can't wait around for you to watch the whole thing. Besides, the way I feel about it, I, maybe because I'm 40, I, much like Jake made fun of me for being 40. Um, for me, it's like I, I, I look forward to the once a week thing. I think that's fun. It's a, it's a two month experience with us Chucky fans instead of just, you know, day of going nuts on your own. How many episodes is it going to be? There are eight, eight? episodes. Okay. Well, we're season. almost done. I'm sad now. Six, yeah, six have aired. We yeah. have two more. Oh, I'm super bummed an now. An incredible finale is right around the corner. So exciting, guys. But the hundred season, right? Well, <laughs> right. Let's, let's, see if let's see if they get two for one. Let's <laughs> start there. And I'd say this is an interesting trend of, of adapting horror movies into uh, TV shows. Yeah, well, I mean, especially in, in Chucky's universe, thanks to all the different directions we've gone with, uh, Dom's gone with each of these films, it's opened up a, a universe that really gave us the opportunity to use eight hours, you know. I, I mean, there's a lot of that going on in the beginning, like, oh, I don't know how I feel about a TV series. I just want you to make another movie, which I also want to say, like, oh, so you want 90 minutes instead of eight hours? Why? Unless Are you sure you like that. Chucky a lot? Yeah. yeah. Alex, I yes. would love to know, how did you get your start in acting? Oh. Go to the beginning. Uh, yeah. Back to the very beginning. Very beginning. To a time I don't even remember. <laughs> um, when I was five, I saw a, a girl, a friend of mine, uh, Sarah Maylett, who lived down the street from me, uh, on TV, she did commercials. Yeah. I was five and I, I saw someone that I knew in person on TV, and I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. Um, so that was how I got the idea to do it, and then we went to her manager in New York and I started auditioning, and just got lucky and, uh, and got something that you guys have all seen and continue to watch 30, 30, 40 years later. Over and over again. Yeah. And what was your audition like? Um, I got a few. I, first I was auditioning in New York City, which is where I auditioned for everything when I was a kid. Um, and I got a couple callbacks in New York, and then they flew me out to LA to audition against like two other kids, as I remember it. Yeah. And I've told the story many times, but my, uh, Mother was actually in the auditioning room with me that time, which was rare, even at, at five years old, uh, six years old. They kind of just send you in there on your own. Maybe that's different in 2021, I don't know. But in the 80s, they just you know, didn't give a shit about kids and just threw you in there to just, you know. Um, but my mother was there in the room with me and we, we were gonna do the scene where I said, uh, Aunt Maggie's a real bitch and got what she deserved. And I froze up 
because I didn't want to say that word in front of my mother, and I told them that I couldn't remember the lines. Um, so we started over, and I got to that spot, and I froze again. I got up and ran out and locked myself in the bathroom and had to tell my mother that I just didn't want to swear in front of, in front of her. And I had really fooled the casting directors and producers that I had forgotten the lines. So they were like, well, this kid can act. He fooled all of us, um, and that helped. And I think the innocence of me not wanting to swear in front of my mother was kind of what they were looking for. Andy needed to really um, be very, very innocent. Uh, it was kind of the juxtaposition against the sinister nature of Chucky versus this really innocent child. So that, and I was, you know, incredibly cute. <laughs> so, between those, those things, uh, that's how I got it. Do you have any favorite onset memories? Yeah, all my favorite memories are of the cast and and the crew and like hanging out with them on set and watching how they made this movie magic happen. But like the the uh, relationships that I started forming, you know, I got very close with Catherine Hicks in the first film. I got very very close with Don and Christine in the second film, as, as, along with John Lafia. Um, so you know, my favorite stuff, and, and actors have been answering this question this way forever. If you ever watch actors and they say, what was your favorite thing? It's always the relationships with the cast. That's always the answer, because that's the, the real experience for us. I mean, that's, you know, what you guys see is limited to the hour and a half, but we're there for months. Mm -hmm. So so that's, that's always what stands out the most. And you know, what's something that important that you learned while you were in the process of making Chucky and any of the additional ones too? Um, well, I, you know, I learned um, a little bit about being an artist, I think, and a little bit about the process of having your creativity um, manifest itself into something that people can appreciate. And I think that led me down the path of, of writing and music and recording and, and um, just just being an artistic person. That was what I learned the most. I mean, I, I could give you a more practical answer. I learned how to read off the first child's play one script. <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah. So you have, a, is it a recording studio, right? Yes. What, what do you do there? Like, what projects do you work on there? And what is Everything that comes that? through. I mean, well, I mean, I love music, and that's really what, I spent my whole childhood auditioning and not getting great at an instrument in particular. So, you know, I couldn't really express myself as a musician because I'm not skilled enough as, of an instrumentalist. But uh, I, I just learned audio very well. I went to school for it, and uh, I decided that I wanted to spend my life making um, artists shine the best that I can from my perspective as a producer. Um, so yeah, that's what I do at my studio. I've had the place for seven and a half years. I've recorded over three or 400 artists, all different genres. Um, yeah, a lot of hip hop, a lot of uh, rock, a lot of singer-songwriter type types. I've done some audio for film for a few different features, and I have one coming up for a horror film um, that I should be starting in January. 
once this whirlwind of this TV series settles down a little bit and I can get back to the studio. And um, so are there any differences between acting with a doll co-star and <laughs> acting with a human co-star? Uh, yes, um, <laughs> there are. Uh, I mean, one of the main ones really is that when you're working with all these puppeteers and trying to make this doll look real for the cameras, um, once the doll does the thing they wanted it to do, that's the, the take that they're keeping. So if you're sharing the screen with the doll, you have to be very, very on every time. You can't sit around for 20 minutes as they try to get this right and then say, can I have another take when they finally got it right? Like there is no other take. Uh, Chucky is a diva and he gets all the takes. <laughs> is there a scene from any of them that you are most proud of? Well, the crying scene from Child's Play 1. I mean, everybody seems to love that scene. It seems to continue to break people's hearts watching little Andy break down like that. Um, and that was a, a scene that I was very anxious about filming, working with my acting coach, knowing that it was coming up, like it was on page 48, like I knew. I still remember. Uh, yeah, I knew that I had this big scene. People ask me all the time how I got myself to cry, and there's uh, different stories about that, depends who you ask. Um, I do think Tom Holland was doing some things to try to pull those emotions out of me, but my memory of it is that I was so anxious about it that I was ready to start crying anyway. So, yeah. And um, what are some similarities between Andy and Alex? Oh my gosh, a lot. Um, yeah, a lot, you know, I mean, Andy's earliest memories are all of Chucky, and so are mine. Um, Chucky told Andy in 1988 that we'd be friends to the end, and he was not kidding because <laughs> it's 2021 and we have a new show out. I'm playing the same character I did when I was six. Um, I think Andy is very damaged and very, um, you know, had a lot of trauma in his life and a lot of loss, and uh, he's a little bit broken and I can very much say the same thing about myself. And I think a lot of us can relate to that too. Sure. That's why Andy is such a great character. Thank you. And I just, I do love the, the fact that, okay, we saw him as a child, right? And now we're seeing him now. And I love it. First of all, I love like a callback. And so seeing yeah. you come back and seeing Christine come back, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's exactly what we were going for. Yes. Well, I'm a big Christine fan because I'm a big 90210 fan. So I'm a 90210 freak. Constantly, um, we're both, you know, helping each other out every way we can. Yes. Talking each other off ledges when we need to, and comforting each other when we need to, and encouraging each other, and celebrating for each other. Um, and we're thrilled to have done this together. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. And you know, you got to build that lifelong relationship and friendship from when you were so young. She's yeah. older than you, but she yeah. is. She was twenty. Yeah. Four when it's we grown. made when we made. She was twenty four playing a seventeen year old. Right. 
and I was eight playing an eight-year-old. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, over the last like 10 years, we, we reconnected about 10 years ago. She has a great line, and people ask her this in interviews, about, oh, you stayed close with Alex. And she said, well, yeah, eventually. I mean, I wasn't calling him up when I was 24 and he was seven, like, can Alex come to the phone? <laughs> I stole her joke there. It's a good one. It's a good one. So, um, we have a podcast called The Dolls of Horror, and we're named for you guys, first of all. Oh. You inspired the name. Um, it my, was my favorite doll. It was my first doll, for love, right? Um, and ever since then, I wish my dolls would come to life and talk to me. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. Right, right. Um, but I have, you know, the trick or treat good guy doll sitting in my living room, freaking my husband out, um, as well as a bunch of other dolls, you know. Yeah. And then I, I have one on at my desk at work, and in my lo the law firm I work at, in my cubicle, freaking people out every chance I get. Sometimes it turns up in people's chairs. Like the lawyer's uh -huh, chairs. Uh -huh. We want to know where you keep your good guy doll. Well, we love giving you guys material to fuck with each other. That's, uh, <laughs> that's definitely good for us. Um, I have a couple dolls. I have uh, I have one from Cult of Chucky, which I was thrilled to finally get my own from the actual film. I did not get one from the first two when I was a kid. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, they didn't give you one. I was a child actor. They're not giving at a big expensive doll to some child actor. It's just not, it doesn't work that way. Um, but finally, after four films in 30 years, I was able to get my own. And then I have, I do have a trick-or-treat one that I just got the other day. It's very pretty. Yeah, yeah, they're great. And um, they do an excellent job, trick-or-treat. And, um, and I have a couple others that fans may have made for me. Garrett does great work too. He does. Oh my gosh. And Garrett, re Garrett restored the Child's Play 2 yeah. doll that's up on my yeah. table okay. this weekend. I've not seen that doll since 1990, so you guys should definitely come check them out. Yeah, he's, he, he, I think he like single-handedly has like kept this alive and while well, we all caught up. Yeah. The retreat caught up and everywhere else caught up. Yeah, uh, Garrett's a, he's a wizard. Yeah, so yeah. where do you display your dolls in your house? Um, uh, they're on my piano. Um, so, you know, Chucky has lived on, continues to live on. Do you have any hopes or dreams for where he's going to go in the future? What's going to happen next for him? No, I, do, I don't. I don't. This has been, this has been a, an incredible experience this year, um, going out to Toronto. And, you know, I, I don't act through I've not been on an audition since 1993. Um, the industry made me not want to be a part of that industry when I was a kid. Um, Don had incredible faith and belief in me, and I have everything I have him to thank for so much in my life. But when he um, asked me to do Curse of Chucky, I was really pulling myself out of out of the woods, sort of to put myself in front of uh, a camera like this and something that carries a lot of weight and responsibility because you guys all love these characters so much and grew up with them. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of anxiety for me to do this to begin with. Um, and then to come back and cult and have a little more substantial thing with more stuff to do. 
was uh, scary for me. Not scary in the sense that it's a killer doll, but right. scary in the sense that this is a lot of responsibility and I don't, I, I wasn't very um, practiced at it. You know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like anything, the, the more you do it, the more comfortable you are doing it, and I don't do it very often. Um, but I, I was very happy with the cult. I was very happy with um, my ability to convey the damage that Andy's felt in his life. We talked about parallels. Maybe there's things in my life that I can pull from that make that kind of empty void of emotion, the persona work. I'm not the most expressive human being in the world as it is already anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, playing Andy is not much of a stretch for me in general. Plus it's been my whole life. And I, I've, I've met so many of you fans over the years and I, I really have a deep commitment to you guys and to Don, who I love more than anything. And, um, and so for me, it was, it was a no-brainer to do it, and it was just exciting. Yeah, it's really been a uh, full circle year for me in a lot of ways. So it's interesting that now, just a couple days after my first episode aired on this show, I'm back in Chicago where this yeah. all started. Um, Welcome home. After a TV series that's based in Hackensack, New Jersey, which is where I grew up. Yeah. I went to Hackensack High School. I grew up there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of kismet things about uh, just kind of proving to me that I'm in the right place at the right time. It's all about timing. Yeah. So I want to take it out to the audience, and we want to know: Do you guys have any questions? Yes, sir. In the front. I have so many. I don't know where to start. Just um, pick one. <laughs> just one. Um. Okay. What can I pick two? Um, Ask everybody else in the room. <laughs> you want to hear the answers to Go questions? Okay. I'm just, um, I'm just giving you a shit. Have you, um, have you found part of the, you know, you, like you were saying with the parallels of playing Andy, you, have you found it's almost equally like a blessing and a curse of, you know, like, sorry, it's a terribly phrased question. I think I know what you mean. I, you mean. You mean playing this like damaged character? Is that? Yeah, is that is that, a, that, you think like, Playing the character, or even just because you hear it's so rough for uh, actors when they're when they're children, do you think that's attributed to um, who you've turned into, and then being able to relate the damage of the character to who you are now? Well, <coughs> I, the the damage that I was referring to from a personal standpoint is more about loss. I've lost a lot of people in this world, and so has Andy. Um, I've I've you know we all have. A very difficult time in this world, I think, and I think people who say that they don't are kind of bullshitting themselves. Yeah. Um, so, yes, and like, you know, I, I kind of maybe it's being in these films or whatever, but I kind of grew up a, a little um, attracted to the darker things in life. Um, so that that's the parallel that I feel uh, to Andy. Um, the blessing and the curse part of that, I think, is. You know, trying to portray a character that is very empty inside and very hollow and very void of emotion and very flat, which is what people who have been through serious PTSD are um, and through serious trauma and, and not trusting anybody in life and 
he has the additional um, stress of nobody believing him. I don't know if you've ever been trying to tell the truth to someone who doesn't believe you, but there's nothing more maddening than that, and this is this guy's world. Um, and the only people that really know are his sister Kyle and Chucky himself, which is why I think part of the reason why Andy kept Chucky around for years is because even though he despises him for destroying his life, he's kind of one of the only friends Andy's got because he knows his real, real he knows his truth. Um, yeah. Relatable with the enemy. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing I wanted to ask was, have you, now that you've come back into acting again, has it inspired you to like want to get back into acting more so, or you think you're just going to kind of stick with the Chucky saga? <clears throat> um, that's a difficult question. Um, in some ways, yes, I do enjoy being in front of the camera. Like from action to cut, those parts are very, very fun. Everything around it is very difficult. Um, so yes, at some level, yeah, I, I would maybe do some more stuff, but I'm not going to put myself out there to let myself down. Like I don't have such massive aspirations of um, being an actor. You know, I, I enjoy acting, but I'm not going to sacrifice a lot in my life to to be one. Um, and then that's not like some arrogance like oh they should be knocking down my doors I don't care if they do or they don't I'm not going to like put myself through hell to try to be in an industry like I have other ways of expressing my uh, art than acting and that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy acting and that I wouldn't take on a, a role that I was excited for um, I'm just, and nowadays you can send it in tapes, with which, although I don't think that you really come off that great, I think it's better to sell yourself as a person with people in an audition room. Um, tapes do give me a little bit more ability to like continue to run my studio, and I live in Florida, you know, there's not really, there's no auditions in Florida, but now that people are sending in tapes all the time, you know, I might do a little bit more of that, we'll see. Do you find a... Uh... Is like question. Sorry. Sorry, I'm not talking to like that. Sorry, I'm not talking 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 like that. Sorry, I'm not those are most of my nightmares, like no getting to a fight with. No, 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 no. That's the advantage of being in a horror movie at six. I can't be scared very easily. <laughs> Things like that. Uh, you had a question up front here. Uh, yeah, uh, you mentioned your uh, music production. Uh, what different artists have you uh, worked with in the past? Nobody that you know. Uh, I'm in Florida, so it's not really a big market for. Name drop someone. Uh, you don't know them. <laughs> but uh, uh, a group called The Bunny the Bear. Okay, so we could just keep doing this, but it's, you don't know. I, the, the thing of it is, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not, it's not a multi-million dollar studio. I'm not getting Sony signed artists over there. That's not where my window of uh, clients are. My clients are people that 
are willing to pay more than $20 an hour for a home studio somewhere, and they want to be in a professional setting where they, they know that things are going to sound right. Um, so, so I'm in that window of people that take themselves seriously but are still on their way up, you know. And, and will someone that I record ultimately make it big? I'm sure. I'm sure that will happen eventually. But anyone who has ever actually worked in a recording studio, uh, most people are not that talented. You know, they're just not. And that's okay. Um, they're learning. They're learning. It's an experience of getting in the studio and getting comfortable with that. Yeah, me saying not that talented isn't really fair. They're not ready necessarily in a lot of in a lot of cases um, because they're really just spending their their first times ever in a recording studio and that's really what keeps me busy is jobs like that. Is that you right there? Yeah. Uh, is that okay if I record this? Question? You're already doing it. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm actually. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, so because he doesn't appear in person very much. Um, were you able to interact with Brad Dorf during the production? And if not, was it difficult, like not acting opposite him uh, for those scenes? Well, luckily his voice is on set all the time, so it, it doesn't go the way that you might think that we just move this mouth and then he dubs it to Chucky's mouth. It's actually the other way around. His voice is there, and they move Chucky's mouth around his voice, and that has actually um, technology has caught up with that. And now they actually can program his lines to where they program what it is Chucky's saying. It's on playback and Chucky moves. So uh, yes, having Brad's actual voice on set is very, very helpful. Um, if it were some script supervisor being like, I'm going to kill you, Andy. Andy, I'm, I'm going to kill you. It would be very, very much more difficult to act to that. Um, Brad was not on set much, but a little bit in the beginning table reads and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you want to make a comment? Yes. Um, okay. Just go for it. You're good. Um, my question is more for like the last episode with how he killed the two moms. Yes. Is that how... Spoiler. Sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, Not really. It, didn't, it wasn't specific. Careful with the specifics. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No one's safe. Is that how he did it in the other two? Or the, the first one? What do you mean? Like, with the babysitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, was it? Well, there there are, uh, first of all, in this TV series, there are homages to so many horror films, let alone our own. So many references to other ones. Mm -hmm. And yes, that death was reminiscent of part one. Although this was really done beautifully and intensely and dramatically, and I don't know, I think it's quickly become my favorite kill in our entire franchise because, uh, you know, especially if you've been along for the ride and like, you know, if you're like half-ass watching the show, then maybe just visually it was cool, but if you're really connecting with these characters emotionally, that is the most devastating thing yes. I think we've ever shown ever. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the I love the scream afterwards uh, as they cut to commercial. Um, yeah. Thanks. Okay, Lily. What do you... Hi, Alex. Um, Hi. I had a question. Um, 
big fan of you, of course, for the past year I've been following you, and wherever you go, I know I follow you. <laughs> so sorry about that. That's fine. I, I, tell me more about your experience with Jennifer, because I, I just yeah. love her. Yeah, Jennifer is exactly like you guys all think she is. <laughs> um, she really is. Jennifer is like, she, Tiffany, she's not Tiffany. I mean, you know, but you she is very much Jennifer Tilly all the time. Um, she's incredibly sweet, incredibly gracious, generous, kind. Um, yeah, you know, she's, she, I mean, she's arguably the, the, the biggest star on our show and she's fastest to respond to texts out of anyone I know. Like she's just very, a very gracious, giving person to the people around her that she's fond of, and, and I'm, I'm very happy that you know she's as fond of me as I am of her. So yeah, she's she's fantastic. I had another question. Okay. So when, whenever you travel, how do you do? You carry Chucky with you, or do you put him in a luggage, or do people look at you weird? Yeah, I don't walk you around you the airport with Chucky. <laughs> that's what you're thinking. Yeah. Don't do that. Uh, no, I, the, I was bringing the doll from Cult around with me for a while, and he's soft-bodied. He's like he's made to look like they call him walkabout Chucky because his arms and legs kind of droop. So like you're holding him under your arm, there's some life to it. Um, but that also means that he's foldable. So I can I can I like put. Um, you know, bubble wrap and clothing over his face and then squeeze the rest of him into a box. And for the most part, I don't have to open that up the whole time until I get there. Every now and then, security wants to know what's in my bag. And uh, yeah, I, I don't like pulling him out in the airport like that. Right. So luckily they've been kind of cool about it a couple times. I remember one time I was going through uh, late at night and it was just me and the and the security people. There was nobody there. Oh. It's one of those times where it's like you feel like you're on a private plane or something because there's nobody there. And I walk through, and uh, this woman goes, "What do you got in here?" And I said, "What does it look like?" She goes, "It looks like you got a baby in here." <laughs> I said, "No, it's Chucky." She goes, "Oh hell no! I'm not even touching it." I didn't open it up. They let me on my way. All I had to say was it was Chucky. They were like, "No, nope, I'm good. I'm good." Could have been a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like upstairs like half hour ago when you walked in and you walked past with it in your arm. And yeah. You walked right past my face and all I seen was chucking your face in my face. Yeah, a slow face. slow motion yeah. moment there. But my question was you heard, you heard the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my question was since you're back where it all started, when's the last time you've been in Chicago and how do you feel about Chicago? Um I not that long ago. Maybe a year or two, two yeah. years. Or maybe pre-COVID, so like two or three years ago, something like How that. How do you feel like such a place in your heart? I love Chicago. It's beautiful, but I'd much rather be here in the summer. <laughs> Myself. I get cold. I've been living in Florida for 12 years, so I get cold quick. Um, but yes, but uh, architecturally, and, and um, it's beautiful, and, and you know. You guys have the second best pizza in the country, which is pretty cool. I'm a North Jersey, New York guy. If you got to be in another horror movie, which one would it be? Slasher? Oh, man. Um, movie? Like a franchise? Like yeah. in one of the franchises? Yeah. Um, Scream or Nightmare or something like that? 
Oh, I mean, I love Nightmare uh, a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Depends who's working on it and who I get a chance to work with. Um, like my, my favorite people that I've met in these conventions are all from the horror movies that you love. So uh, a chance to work with any one of them, you know, would be amazing to me. Um, but no, I can't single one out because like that's the one. Any other questions? Right back there in the beginning. Hi. Uh, so you mentioned Don a couple of times. How yes. important was it to you both to have that personal connection, but also to have that kind of vision all the way through the series? It's, it's everything. I mean, it's it's. Um, look, I I am. Um, when they replaced me in part three at ten years old, I was really devastated about that. Yeah, I was ten years old. It was very difficult for me. Um, and then I was in high school and, you know, realizing that I don't really like acting that much. I didn't like auditioning. I didn't want to, I didn't want all the rejection. I didn't feel as confident as I did when I was just a cute kid with no insecurities. Um, so I was kind of a degenerate in high school, which is really no surprise. Uh, and Brian and Chucky came out and at the time it was very hard for me to root for it. You know, um, but the reason why I did root for it is because of how much I loved Don, and I knew that he was. I had an opportunity to tell his vision of this, whether or not all of you would agree with it or not. And and I, Bride and certainly Seed, I think, did lose some portion of the fan base because uh, it was just so vastly different. But the way I feel about that is. If you guys just, if you love part one, just watch part one over and over and over. And over. <laughs> Which I do. Which is fine. Part you can one do and that two too. is back to back. You could do that also. But um, I think that if we had tried to make Child's Play 1 and Child's Play 2 over and over and over again, we would not still be here 34 years later. It's it's thinking outside of the box. And, and, um, and I think it makes a lot of social commentary, those later films. I think they're very meta in a lot of ways. They're very deep in a lot of ways. Um, it expanded Chucky to kind of a global thing. Um, and especially now with this TV series and how much I'm loving it, uh, going back and watching Bride and Seed again really brings this whole story together. I mean, it really unifies this vision of his that even though some of you guys may have been resistant to that. Um, I've never seen more unity among a fan base than there is for this show right now. And in a, in a world where people can't even agree that pizza is good food anymore, <laughs> uh, where you guys are all agreeing that this show kicks ass. And, and that is so rewarding to us. And hopefully so incredibly rewarding to Don, but he is an incredibly hard worker and he will not be done working until he gets a break. And if you guys continue to rave about the show the way it is and they get a second season, he won't be getting a break anytime soon. <laughs> so hopefully he still gets moments to enjoy that. I mean, I think we're all part of the reason it's successful, besides the fact that it's a good show, I, we're all kind of starved for some new content with old characters that we love. Yeah. Right? Sure. So I think that's... Yeah. That's part of the magic too, and you have us all the you guys back, and I mean that makes it so special. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been super fun for all of us.
Hopefully there'll be more of this show. Tom deserves it. Yes, please. Yes, please. I'm going to be devastated if we don't get a season two. I'm just saying. Cry. I'm cry. From your lips. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll send video, really uncomfortable video to the network. Yeah. <laughs> He'll stick that in the pile of the rest of them. Right. <laughs> I think I saw a couple of other hands. Yeah. There's the back for you, sir. Uh, when I saw you, I was kind of like completely geeked out and I didn't know what you did. Is there any way that you uh, admire like celebrities that you geek out over? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a massive Michael C. Hall fan, and I absolutely love uh, Dexter, and I love every, all the work that he's done. I love his new band, um, Francisco's at the Butterfly Museum. Uh, I, I admire him greatly. I'm a big Kiefer Sutherland fan. I'm, music-wise, I mean, I, I've seen Nine Inch Nails 70 times in concert. Um, I'm a massive Jack White fan. Uh, so yes, I part part of the reason you know, people have been saying to me for years that like, oh, you're so grounded and you're so you're, you're so down to earth. It's like, yeah, I live on earth, I'm just like you. <laughs> of course, I'm down to. Earth. But um, but no, I the truth is I I know what it's like to be a fan of things. I know what having you know only two or three minutes with someone who means everything to you, and that's your opportunity to express yourself. Um, I know what that feels like. So, yeah, so I think that makes me a little more understanding and tolerant. Um, tolerance is a weird word, but what I mean by that is like, it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting meeting, meeting people all day long and being on for everybody. And the reason why I can push through it and why I can do eight weekends in a row uh, is because I value that, that for you guys the same way that I value it for myself whenever I get that opportunity. Do we have any other questions out there, Rick? Well, Ken, what do you got? <laughs> um, Don, I, I feel like Don Mancini is probably the most disrespected slash underrated director in Florida. Like, his ability to like take chances, whether you like it or not, like his innovation, I, I can just go on and on. Yeah, um, I'd agree with underrated. I mean, disrespected is that's in the game. That's the way it is. Everybody okay. gets everybody gets disrespected in this so world. Let, let's agree agree on underrated. Yes. Right. So with respect to you, unfortunately, having to sit on the sidelines for so many years, and um, with the changes that came after, let's just call it child surgery, mm -hmm. right? Um, if he would had he consulted with you about the direction with respect to changing the, the character or the design or any change that people freaked out about or loved, what would you have done differently? In Don, I trust. I'm not going to answer that the way that you want me to answer that. Um, no, there's no, there's no. Uh, no, it's true though. I, I, the truth is, even though I do consider myself a writer somewhat, and I, I do. Don lets me insert, insert certain thoughts that I have about things. There are a couple things that he's gone story-wise with things that I had mentioned. There's certainly lines that he's let me adjust a little bit. Um, and you know, I have a line towards the end of this that I wrote that I'm so happy he included. I mean, I said it to him, he laughed. And then when I got the next draft, there it was on the page. Like, 
so we're collaborative in that sense. Um, but yes, as far as as far as if it were my thing, would I do things my way? Of course. Would my way be different than Don's? Of course. But my way would not be better. <laughs> it just wouldn't be. It would be really good. But uh, I, I think Don is um, stepping back with this series and looking at everything that he's done as a whole. Um, I think it's all just just really brilliant and um, and clever and full of risks and willing to offend people, willing to offend people like with being you know crass or whatever the dirty like Chucky is, but also willing to offend them by switching the game on them so hard. Like, a lot, a lot of Chucky fans have it in their head that they think should be what happens. And Don's gonna do something very differently than what you thought of. And I'm so happy that he does it that way. And then we think, sure, there's some fan service things along a long way, but even when he does that, it's like really brilliantly executed, so, yeah. So was there like a particular moment where it kind of hit you how big Chucky was going to become and how big it was. Um, yeah, I mean, the first film, I, I was uh, in a tuxedo at a, a movie theater with 700 people from my town came out to watch the film. Like, and I stood outside and signed autographs for, for hours afterwards. You know, little seven-year-old autographs, but <laughs> autographs nonetheless, you know. I remember back then my dad was you know, oh, you should write best wishes or best of luck or something like that. And I did for years. Some people have early ass autographs of me when I was a kid writing best of luck or best wishes. I didn't realize then that I should write friends to the end. Chucky did. Yeah. <laughs> so that made sense. I figured that out later. So we have time for one more question. Do we have any more? Since you're dressed as Chucky, yes, got to be you. With the heart of Damala. I mean, yeah, yeah. Come on. I'm going to see you tomorrow, and I'm going to be all dressed up. All right, cool. Um, kind of not about it's about the latest one, the Buddy movie. Oh, I have no nothing to say about that. Mm -hmm. None. It's spoiler over there. Yeah. There's no spoiler. Here. Uh, it doesn't belong here. Yeah, there's not, that's not... It's not part of our franchise. You might as well ask me about Three's Company. <laughs> That's actually more related. Yeah. Maybe you don't think Kyler Clark Campbell is Chucky. Anything else? You guys? How is it? Working with Fiona, is it like, you know, since you worked with Brad when you were a kid? It's yeah. Interesting. Oh, I, I mean, we, we didn't have that much stuff together um, in, in Cult, you know, but we had that one scene uh, which was thrilling for me. I'm blown away by her all the time. Oh, yeah. She is just a spectacular actress. She's got that, you know, she's got just magic, uh, magic to her, her ability to um, live inside these characters. It's inspiring as hell. Yeah. All right, if you didn't get to a uh, question for me, I'm at my table all weekend, so come up there and ask me Thank you guys.
Chuck is back. 